Welcome. You're about to listen to a teaching of the Foursquare Gospel Church, VGC District. At Foursquare, we believe in the transformation of communities through the multiplication of disciples, leaders, churches, and movements. May your hearts be blessed and transformed as you listen. heaven and say father we are grateful unto you you took care of us that's why we are here you took care of us as individuals you took care of us as families you took care of us as a church that's why we are able to gather today we return all the glory to you we return all the praise to you in the name of jesus thank you father blessed be your name glory hallelujah thank you lord we worship you we adore you we honor your name we magnify you blessed be your name for in jesus name we have prayed god of heaven and earth we thank you we bless your name for the privilege you have given us to have icml 2021 to you alone be all the glory in the name of jesus we thank you for the great and mighty things that you have done since last year up till now and that which you have done since Thursday that this program started and what you have proposed to do this morning accept our thanks and our praises in the mighty name of Jesus Father Lord this morning as we go into your word we ask that you will fulfill your word in our midst that it says that you sent your word and it healed them and deliver them from all their destruction. That today your word will save in the name of Jesus. Today your word will heal in the name of Jesus. Today your word will deliver in the mighty name of Jesus. And at the end only your name will be glorified. Thank you because you have heard our prayers. For in Jesus name we have prayed. God bless you. You can have your seat. I want to sincerely welcome all our fathers. I want to sincerely welcome our mommy Badijo, I know daddy is on the way. Mommy, you are welcome in Jesus' name. I want to welcome uh, daddy Medway and mommy. You are welcome in Jesus' name. You are welcome. You are welcome. Thank you so much. I want to welcome all our elders, our board of trustees, uh, daddy Yoshibanjo. Thank you so much, daddy. Thank you very much. Our daddy, Dr. Bakini. Thank you so much, daddy and mommy. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma. Uh, Mama Gona, we see every Sunday. God bless you, mommy. God bless you, ma. We thank God for all our leaders, our board members. The Lord God of heaven will continue to support you as you support us in Jesus' name. You didn't say amen very well. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm so happy that we have all our leaders in the house this morning to celebrate with us that we are able to have ICML 2021. I also want to seize this opportunity to celebrate our brethren in the diaspora. We are what we call Nifid, Nigerian Foursquare in diaspora. And the Europe, a part of it, is led by our Reverend Akim of Kent Church, and the America part of it is led by our Mommy Kennedy. 
and they've all been sending messages of congratulations. They've been following the program. All that we're doing here, they're following it all over the world. I want to say very, 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 want to send warm greetings to them in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's part of what our director of foreign mission is working on, and we thank God for the results we're getting. The Lord God bless you wherever you are in the name of Jesus. This season, we soon pass away. You know, we, are, we have opportunity to gather like this. Many of them don't have that opportunity. They're still uh, having to meet online. So it's just, it's just so easy for them to hook up to us, uh, except for the timing. The Lord bless you as you join us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Very soon, very soon, very soon, like David said in Psalm 57 verse 1, I will trust in your mercy. And under your shadow, I'll put my trust until these calamities are passed by. Very soon, these calamities will pass by in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I welcome everyone in the house. I want to celebrate the choir. They've done great, great job. Great, great job. God bless you. God bless you. And I can see the change in outlook. God bless you in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you so much. The ushers, the protocol, you're all blessed in the name of Jesus. And I say congratulations to our inductees. God bless you. You survived it. Congratulations, you survived it. <laughs> God bless you in Jesus' name. This morning, by the special grace of God, I'll be speaking on the stewardship of life. Stewardship of life, because that's the theme of this conference. Stewardship. But I want to talk about stewardship of life. Stewardship of life. You know, we often hear it that only God gives life and only God can take it. Stewardship of life. And I start by asking the question, what is life? Let me read my text. Read, first of all, Luke chapter 12, verse 16 to 20. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, Luke 12, 16 to 20. The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my bounds and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Verse 19. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have much goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Verse 20. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall these things be which thou hast provided? I read quickly James 4 verse 14b. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. First Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7. For who makes you to differ from another? And what do you have that you have not received? Now, if you indeed received it, why do you do? Why do you boast as if you had not received it? And finally, 1 Timothy chapter 6 or 7. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain 
we can carry nothing out. So what is life? To some, life is a market where they just buy and sell. To some, life is a game where they must win. To others, life is a journey. To some, life is a party. To some, you know, life is just fun. If you think that life is a battle, then you aim at winning by all means. You only be interested in winning. If you think life is fun, then all you are interested in is in partying. And I've, really, I've indeed come across people who spend the whole of their life partying. Every weekend, there's a new one. Every weekend, there's a new one. In fact, I know a family, I mean, um, they, they move from party to party every weekend. They will have their box inside the boot of their car. And they attend one on Friday. On Saturday, they land in another one. Sunday, they land in another one. To them, life is just fun. And they say, have the best of it. And if to you, life is a battle, then all you are interested in is winning. I have a son... <laughs> He went for competition in a cadet camp in those days. And himself and somebody from our church, our children's church, came first and second. But he came second. That person came first. The cry he cried, eh? He cried more than the person that failed. To the extent that the senior brother had to go to him and start begging him. The senior brother was literally crying with him. Was begging him. He said, You came second. See, somebody came third. Another person came fourth. Some didn't even have position. You, you came second, you are crying like this. To him, all about life is to win. And uh, after a while, he grew up and he went to the same cadet camp. And there was competition again. First square camp was Ajebo. And he enrolled. And the brother had to send to us at home. He said, my junior brother wants to contest again. No. If he loses, he will cry. Oh. And he went to him and said, don't, don't, don't disgrace us. Oh. Don't cry today. He said, I will not cry. I will not cry. I will not cry. But this time around, he won. Life is not all about winning. I tell people in my experience in life, there are battles you lose but don't lose the war. Don't lose the war. Life is not all about winning. So please, what is life? Let's look at God's perspective of life. What is God's view of life? Number one, as far as God is concerned, life is a trust. Your life is a trust. Our time, our energy, our intelligence, our relationship, our resources are all gifts from God held in trust by us. Whatever you think you own is on loan. You are holding it on trust for the owner. God is the owner of life. You don't own life. So it's on trust. That's why in John 3, 27, the Bible says a man can receive nothing unless it is given him from heaven. So it is wrong for you to say it's my life. I can do anything I like with it. Error. It's not your life. 
He gave it to you as a steward. And you've got to be a good steward of that life. You have to live it for his glory. That was the foolishness of the rich fool. That's why they didn't tell us his name. What is his name? Rich fool. He said, my soul, you have plenty to eat and drink. And that same night, God appeared to him. And God said, you fool, tonight your soul shall be required of you. To show him that his life is not his own. He's borrowed. Like I've said in one of the sessions, if you borrow somebody something and he doesn't use it the way you, the owner, wants it, you have every right to recall it. So your life is not your own. You are living borrowed life. In 1 Corinthians 4, 7 that we read earlier, he said, for who makes you to differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you indeed have received it, why do you boast as if you have not received it? He gave it to us. Whatever we think we have, he gave it to us. Paul the apostle was writing his son and said, for we brought nothing to this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Whatever we think we own is on loan. Including our lives. We're living a borrowed life. I know some of you may have been in a situation because I've been there before where you have had to hire, you know, specifically so that you don't think that I normally go to a higher dress to wear. When we wanted to wear it, because we were so rich that time, very rich, we were looking for a wedding gown to loan. We were going through fashion houses until God in his mercy showed my wife to a place and they showed her a gown. They say he's been in the showroom for a while so people have been looking at it so he's dirty. They say we are prepared to sell it to you for the same amount you will have hired one. So you can go and dry clean it and wear it. So that was the wedding gown she used that day. So you can know how rich we started. But the point I'm making is that when you go to hire a cloth like that when you wear it, what do you do? Extremely careful. Because if you have money to buy it, you will have bought. And they will have warned you. You will have signed a contract. If anything happens to these clothes, you have bought it too. And it will be foolishness for you. That money, you will have Kukuma use it to buy it. So you are very careful. In fact, when somebody is bringing soup with near you. You say, I beg, I beg, I beg. That is the way we should handle our lives. Because it's not our own. We should handle it with care. Because it's given to us by God. He wants to see how we use it. I pray that we will not disappoint God in Jesus' name. Life is an opportunity. In Galatians 6.10, he says, As we therefore have opportunity... Life is not just it's not just a trust, it's also an opportunity. As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And Ephesians 5 16, the New Living Translation says, Make it the most of every opportunity. For the days are evil. 
as we live this life, opportunities come our way. And we will not be good stewards of those opportunities. Because, you know, they always say opportunity comes but once. Some of those opportunities may never come our way again. So the better we use it, we are better use it well. Opportunity to learn. Some people have lost the opportunity to learn musical instruments. And never, they would never knew it. I've heard a couple of people said it. He said, I started learning, you know, but I lost uh, interest. And now I need it. Opportunity to learn. That's part of stewardship of life. Opportunity to give. Anytime you have opportunity to give, don't look at it as a burden. It's part of stewardship of life. The opportunity will not always be there. God intentionally created that opportunity so that you can give because without giving, you cannot receive. That's why I say it is more blessed to give than to receive. Oh, there will be opportunity to meet people. There are people you just meet by chance. And that meeting will spell a lot. There will be opportunity to preach and teach. Like the one that Paul the Apostle had with Felix. Not our dad, you. In Acts chapter 24, verse 25. And uh, look at what the scripture says. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go your way for this time. When I have a convenient time, I will call you. Procrastination. That opportunity never came again. One of my friends was lecturing in Kwarapoli many, many years ago. He's a man of God in this country. And his friend carried him with a lift. And the friend was a Muslim. Carried him in his bituka. As he entered the car like this, the Holy Spirit began to whisper to him, won't you preach to this man? You have to preach to this man. He started struggling. He said, bro, Father, you know this man is a Muslim now. Stunt oneself. He's the one who leads MSS in this campus. Why will I preach to you? He was struggling, 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 struggling until they almost got to where he was going to disembark. Then he opened his mouth. As he opened his mouth to start preaching to the man, he started crying. He was struggling with tears. He was preaching to the man, he was crying. When he got to the front of his house, he dropped and he thanked the man. He said, please think very well about what I've shared with you. And the man went, as the man was going to turn around, you know, do a U-turn at the end of the street, the Holy Spirit said, you have not finished your job, wait. So he waited for the man and he waved the man down. And the man said, did you forget anything? He said, I didn't forget anything. It is about what I spoke to you. As he was saying it, he was crying. And the man said, why are you embarrassing me? You are a Muslim and a Christian. Is there any fight? The man went, he got home that night. The children went and bought adulterated kerosene. And he wanted to cook with stove. As he put matches, the whole place caught fire. Before morning, he was a dead man. When the servant of God heard, he said, Kai, what an opportunity to hear the gospel. And the man did not use it well. But he was thanking God for himself. Because he had seized the opportunity to preach to him. 
He said, if I didn't seize the opportunity to remain, I'd be an unhappy man for the rest of my life. Opportunity to preach, to share the gospel with people. We have people who live around us every day. We have opportunity. So our life is an opportunity to do good to somebody. You know, there are some needs you meet and uh, it will just be 1,000 naira. And the way the people will thank you, you will think you have given 1 million. It is because it was an opportunity. And God helped you to make it good to opportunity to serve in various capacities. The service you are rendering today, the opportunities may not always be there. Jesus himself said in John chapter 9 verse 4, I must walk the walk of him that sent me while it is day because the night is coming when no man can walk. There's a time when the opportunity will have gone. It will no longer be there. That's why in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10, it's told that whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all your heart for there is no wisdom nor device in the grave where you are going i know a man in this country who was he was just physician in the prison and a future president was in that prison and he took very good care of him without knowing he would become president very good care of him to the extent i was giving him secret information that would have led to the man's death. Of course, there were about two or three. The others died. But they didn't have somebody to give them that kind of information. Maybe those who are taking care of them did not use that opportunity to minister to them. As soon as the man came out of prison, he was going to appoint a chief physician to the president. He said, who else, who else, who else can be? Who else can be if not this man? Because if not for this man, I would have been a dead man opportunity so when opportunity comes across your way don't ignore it don't handle it anyhow it is god that has brought it and god will definitely ask you for it at some point in time or the other two thieves were with jesus on the cross two robbers i'm sure you know two robbers equal opportunity one used it very well what did the other do he joked with it. Opportunity of a change of destiny. One joked with it. He started messing around, started talking rubbish. The other one made good use of the opportunity. I pray for you under the sound of my voice. May you not throw away opportunities. I say, may you not throw away opportunities. So life is an opportunity. It will not always be there. Number three, life is a short-term assignment. No matter how long you live here, <laughs> you have to leave. <laughs> no matter how long you are, you have to check out. You cannot stay here forever. This place, you are on a temporary assignment. Compared to eternity, your life on earth is very brief. First Chronicles 29 verse 15 says, For we are strangers before you, and sojourn us as were all our fathers. Our days on the earth as a shadow and there is none abiding we're just here as strangers and you know we're told in the book of hebrews that because those men they consider this place as a temporary place so they live their lives like strangers and pilgrims on earth 
Life is a short-term assignment. All, according to C.S. Lewis, all that is not eternal is eternally useless. Whatever is not eternal is eternally useless. That's why Paul was writing and he said, if only in this world we have hope, then we are of all men most miserable. Life is a short-term assignment. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 31, the Bible said, those who use the things of this world should not become attached to them. For this world, as we know it, will soon pass away. We are living in eternal life. We are living eternal life. Living eternal life. That's why we should not look at life as having no end. The life that has no end is not here. The one that has no end is eternal life. And you need a transition to get there. So this life that we are living in is a short-term assignment. At the end of the day, we must go back home. I pray that when your tenure will have expired, you will reach home safely in Jesus' name. And you will enter home with confidence in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is day. It's eternal life. It's a short-term assignment. The rich fool did not realize that. He said, my soul, you have many days to live. <laughs> many days to live. Just enjoy. All the things he piled up to enjoy for many days. He said, this night, let me share a secret with you. God forbid, if somebody is told, like the rich fool was told, that this night, his life will be taken. Everything in this world will become meaningless. Everything becomes meaningless, including billions in the bank account. Because meaningless. Because he knows he cannot participate again. Because meaningless. It's a tenor life. 120 years, 130 years, maybe maximum. Compared to eternity, that is nothing. That's why the greatest joy that any believer should have is the joy of being with the Lord Jesus in glory. Right? Psalm 17 verse 15 is my best scripture. As for me, I will behold his face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake in his likeness. That's what I'm looking forward to. That one day I will awake, I will find myself in his likeness. That's what I'm looking forward to. There's nothing in this world that can compare to what God is preparing for us. Nothing. Is it in terms of length? Is it in terms of whatever is there? The gold in this world that they are struggling for, I think some people, they say they are mining gold and they are using a helicopter. Abby? That's what they say is, is the result of bandit. That same goal that they are struggling for, that they are prizing every day. The Bible says that the, the streets of the, of the Foursquare city is going to be lined with gold. We are going to walk on gold. So why should, we, why should we kill ourselves because of this one? 
when there's a better one that is being prepared for us. This place is a tenured place. Nobody has ever stayed here forever. None. Nobody. <laughs> you know, I, I think I've shared this story before. One, uh, one, one um, governor, military governor, he had, um, he had all male executive council. And he came into the chambers one day because he has heard that a lot of them come with Otomopo into the cabinet meeting. You know Otomopo? And they use Agbada to cover it. So when he got to the executive council meeting that day, he said, gentlemen, we are going to do something straight this morning. They didn't understand him. He said, all of us are going to sleep naked. He said, ADC, close that door. And they locked the door. And they were all male. And before they said, Jarob, he has removed his cap. He has started removing his khaki. He said, anybody that doesn't comply, ADC, please beat them. So they started removing. By the time they removed the Agbada and he saw what some were carrying, Say what? Do you want to become God? <laughs> what do you need this for? You want to stay here permanently? <laughs> Say it's not worth it. It's not worth it. If anybody tells you that he has a charm that will make you make you stay here permanently, ask where is his father? Because his father must have handed it over to him, and if his father handed it over to him. Then the father must have uh, must have gone. <laughs> this place is a short term. It's a tenured place. Nobody is allowed to stay here permanently. It's either you go to meet the Lord or the Lord comes to meet you. Is somebody following me? If he comes, the Bible says that when he comes, he will appear. And the dead in Christ will rise first. They will fly first class. The dead in Christ, they will fly, fly first class. You know, that's how they do it. Business class, first class. Then those who are alive and remain, when the Lord will come, they will fly economy. They will be the one that will check in last. This place is a tenured place. In First Peter 1 17, it says, If you call your God your father, then live your life on earth as temporary. We should not live as if all ends here. We should live as people who understand God's perspective of our life. And our lives are in his hand as his people. If this is God's view of our life, then what is his expectation from us? And that's where I'm going to end the message. Our entire relationship with God is based on covenant. Every covenant relationship is reinforced by sacrifice. That's why God started it. In John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever Believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So if our relationship with him is based on covenant, every covenant is reinforced by sacrifice. The level of sacrifice you are prepared to make for this relationship determines how you value your relationship with him. So his expectation 
is that if he had sent his only begotten son, the best he has for us, his expectation is that this life, this eternal life that we have, whatever we have in it, our time, our energy, our opportunities, our resources, our talents, we should use it for him to reciprocate what he has done for us. We can't pay him back, but at least to show that he loved us and we also love him. That's covenant relationship. Look at Paul. Paul said in Philippians 3, 7 to 8 and verse 10, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable to his death. Paul surrendered all when he came to the realization of how much love God has for him. That's why the Bible kept asking, what shall he profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? God paid a price so that our souls can be saved. So why should we ignore such an offer of love? Why should we ignore it? I said, how shall we escape? How shall we escape? If we ignore such a great salvation, how are we going to escape? God has made provision for it. All we need to do is to accept his offer of love. That's why he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There was something that God told Solomon. When the relationship between God and Solomon was getting very tight and very smooth. In 1 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 12. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 12 rather. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night. This was not the first time he was appearing to Solomon. But when he saw that this man, he kept coming and kept coming. Let me tell him how I operate. He's interested in coming to pray, coming to worship me, coming to offer me things. But let me tell him how I operate. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 12, God had to tell him his manner of operation. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard your prayer. I have heard your prayer. The Lord has sent me to somebody this morning that he has heard your prayer. I say, say, he has heard your prayer. And I have chosen this place for myself for an house of sacrifice. The house of God is an house of sacrifice. Those of us who are Africans and you grew with your traditional whatever religion, you know that those who serve Ogun, who serve Oya, one of the things they use to endear themselves to whatever they serve is their sacrifice. Those of us who are small those days, when they put egg in their altar with palm oil, in the night we'll go there we'll and pack the egg and wash it and cook it and eat. That's why we grow strong like this. <laughs> and when they come, they say he has accepted the sacrifice. <laughs> No, no, it's me. It's inside my stomach. <laughs> but the point I'm making is that they are willing to offer sacrifice. 
in recognition of the one they are ready to serve and worship. How much sacrifice are we prepared to make as believers? How much sacrifice are we prepared to make? The church's foundation was laid on sacrifice. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Of all the apostles, there's only one of them that died naturally. And even that one, when they took him to the island of Patmos, they threw him inside red oil. He refused to die because he was to write the book of Revelation. That's the only man that died naturally. Every other person, the 11 of them, they were killed. Sacrifice. That's the foundation of the church. It's the foundation of the church. That's why God told Solomon, I have heard your prayers, but I have chosen this place to myself as a place of sacrifice. The house of God, beloved, is a house of sacrifice. It's a house of sacrifice. And when we're talking about stewardship, we must always remember that whatever we are even going to say we are offering as sacrifice, he gave it to us in the first instance. So when you look at it critically, look at it critically, it's just to make it look nice. That's why we are saying we offer sacrifice. He gave it to us originally. But it is worst when we even behave as if we are the owner. He's the owner. He gave us everything. And what are the things God is expecting us to give? Our time, our talent, our treasure are all gifts from God entrusted to us that we, may be, we must be ready to lay at the altar of sacrifice. We must be ready to lay them down at the altar of sacrifice. Our time. We start with our time. In Ephesians 5, 16, say, be wise, sensible, and intelligent in the use of your time. Living purposefully, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. How you spend your time, whether you waste it or invest it, determine the quality of your life here and in the hereafter. Indeed, everything that God gives to us as resources, time, talent, treasure, taboo, whatever God gives to us, there are three ways in which you can actually get rid of them. The first way is to waste it. That's what fools do. The second way is to spend it. That's what normal people do. The third way is to invest it. That's what wise people do. Whether it's your time, whether it's your treasure, whether it's your talent, if you're a wise person, you will invest it. If you're a normal woman being, you will spend it. And if you're a fool, I'm sure there's no fool here, you waste it. And where you invest it, like we had earlier in one session, is a function of how wise you are. Some are only investing here on earth, where everything one day will disappear. But those who are wise, they are investing in the kingdom. Where thieves cannot reach. Where you invest your time. Where you invest your energy. Where you invest your opportunities. Where you invest your treasure and your talent. Is a manifestation of how wise you are. Our times belong to him. 
The first few minutes of the day should be spent with the king. One day the Lord opened my eyes to Proverbs 8.17. And since that day, that's the day we started the Monday morning prayer. He said, I love those that love me. And those that seek me early shall find me. That's how we started the Monday morning prayer. I used to go physically. But technology today has made it easy for me. I sit in my house and I do the morning prayer. This week, we say it's our week of God of performance. That God will perform. One of the outstanding testimonies we got this week is that there's a sister who saw a period last, last year. And this last Monday, as we prayed that God of performance should show up and perform all that he has promised. He said, after the 30-minute session of prayer, she could not stop. She continued to pray. She prayed and prayed. By Tuesday, she was feeling funny. By Wednesday, her period came. God is at work. But we must spend time. We need to spend time with him in prayers. We need to spend time in studying the word. We must sacrifice our time. Anything that does not, you know, anything good costs time. If anything is going to be good, it has to cost you something. We must sacrifice our time to spend time with God in prayer. Every revival has been preceded by serious and intense time of prayer. We are waiting a, a very mighty revival all over the world. Why? Because each time there's a pandemic, followed by it is a season of revival. And now people are praying because we don't even have a choice. They are praying everywhere. People are praying everywhere. We must be ready to spend time to seek God. Two scriptures that are talking about seeking God. Psalm 105 verse 4, 1 Corinthians 16 11. Seek the Lord. Seek his strength. Seek his face continually. We must seek him. We must spend time with God. This rushing up and down, rushing here and there. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. We will always have time for what we consider important. And this is important. We must greet the king in the morning. We must worship him in the morning. We must speak to him in the morning so that he can speak to us. We must spend time examining his word. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate day and day and night. For then you shall make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Number two, your talent. Your talent is God's gift to you. Why your service is your gift to God. First Corinthians 4 says, For who makes you to differ from another? And what do you have that you have not received? Now if you have received it, why do you glory as if you have not received it? One of the things I encourage people to do is that whatever God has given you, use it to serve God. That's how to be a good steward. Whatever talent he has given you, use it to serve God. Whatever position he has placed you, use it to serve God. When I came to this church, one of the things I met with daddy, we were talking about a case that we just won. A portion of this land that was being contested. And the case was in the courts for long. And two brethren, one a witness, the other, a lawyer. Both of them, they spent their time. The lawyer spent his skill and ensure that that case was won in our favor. But the testimony there is that he did not collect one naira. 
from the church. Say, that's my own contribution. The church is a place of sacrifice. Whatever we can give to advance his cause, let us make up our mind and give it. I'm not saying everybody should be doing things free for the church. That's not where I'm going. But where I'm going is that a situation in which people work for the church and they charge more than they charge other clients is evil. Is evil. Because this place, God said, I have appointed this place for myself as a place of sacrifice. So even if you cannot make the sacrifice, let it be at cost. I've been part of the foundation of a ministry. There was a time they were struggling for contracts. God, God blessed them. They were struggling for contracts. They were fighting. Then the church had to adopt a policy. If you, our member, must do any work for us, it has to be at cost. Otherwise, we give it to outsider. When I said it to my church some time ago, they said, eh, so how do you want us to pay tight? I said, God doesn't expect you to pay tight to me out of the money I give you. He said to go out, make money, and pay tight out of it. You, you are circulating the money now. It's the same money <laughs> that has been brought. It's from inside. You want to pay tight again. This place I've appointed for myself as a place of sacrifice. Whatever talent we have, bought a set of instruments, somebody gave us a check of four million. In those days, I said, Pastor, I didn't like the way your sound is. Go and buy instruments. The day we brought the instruments to church, all my instrumentalists went on strike. They said, if church has this money to buy this kind of sophisticated equipment, why are we suffering ourselves and you are paying us peanuts? We want double salary. I felt sad. I said, you can all go. You can go. We clapped that day. We clapped with new instruments that had just been bought. The man who bought the instrument was looking. What's going on here? I didn't let him know what was going on. I managed it. When I finished, my key sister ran to me. He said, Daddy, what happened today? Because she was in children's church. He said, I had, there was no, that you bought instrument. I told him the story. I told her the story. Then she told me, he said, I have a colleague that we served together. I'm going to call him. He will come. When he called him from Benikebi, he was already employed by another church, pay well. He called him and said, my daddy wants you to come and help us to lead our instrumentalists. He came down. When he came, he said, daddy, all you need to do for me, give me a place where I would stay. You know, this environment is strange. I don't know anybody here. And be giving me just a stipend. The day I find a job, I promise you, I'll move out of that apartment and I'll begin to play free. God is faithful. Let me tell somebody, God is faithful. Before we knew it, he got his job we share. As soon as he got the job, till today, he sit there. Many of them in the choir, they will know him, Wale. He's still the music director in that church, till today. And as much of people that they were releasing in share, God kept that job for him. If you do God's own, you will do your own.
have appointed this place for myself as a place of sacrifice. Finally, our trial. Proverbs 3 verse 9. Honor your God, honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Every act of obedience is followed by great abundance. Some are still struggling with payment of tithes. And we call it elementary school in the stewardship of finances. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 8, it says, Thou shalt remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to make wealth. So that he may establish his covenant with you. I told you at the beginning, the whole essence of our relationship with God is covenant. In order for him to establish his covenant with you, that's why he gave you the power to make wealth. And I told you, covenant is not established until there's a sacrifice. If you don't know what a covenant means, at least you know marriage. When a woman marries, what's the first thing she will sacrifice? Her name. Her son's name. Two of us. Even though some will join it so that um, it doesn't go finally. But the truth is that the name will still change. Two of us. If the name doesn't change, how will they know that? <laughs> She's married. So every covenant relationship involves sacrifice. Thou shalt remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gave you power to get wealth. You know, the, the first billionaire in our modern world, Rockefeller, as of 1937 when he died, he died a billionaire in dollars. Can you imagine? 1937. For somebody to be a billionaire in dollars as at that time. I think that kind of man can buy the whole world. <laughs> but what's special about his life is that this man will have died earlier. He will have died earlier in 1890. That's about 47 years earlier. His hair disappeared. He was always weak. And he had to attend a lot of board meetings. You can imagine somebody who's controlling 2% of the United States GDP. He was controlling 90% of their oil business. One man. So he was always attending board meetings. To the extent that it became embarrassing, he had to be using wig to cover his head. And they didn't know the source. He was spending money. They didn't know the source of his sickness. Until one day, he had an encounter. And... The scripture was drawn to his attention. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added to you. And he changed his focus. He began to serve God faithfully. began to use his resources to honor God. He began to, you know, take God more seriously. And because as I'm going now, I may die any time from now. And leave all this wealth. Guess what? As soon as he started doing that, he started recovering. And he lived extra 47 years. Why? Because Exodus 25, 23 says, you shall serve the Lord your God. 23, 25. And he shall bless your bread 
and your waters. And it will take sicknesses and diseases away from you. Just finally, apart from giving our time, our talent, our treasure, we also need to hand over as good stewards of our life, our taboos to the next generation. We need to hand over our taboos to the next generation. I'm in love with the Rehabite children. I'll just read it to you. Jeremiah 35, 5 to 6. And I said before the sons of the house of the Rehabites, pots full of wine and cups. And I said unto them, drink wine. But they said, we will drink no wine. For Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father. This is third generation that we had from Pastor Tunde yesterday. Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father. So this thing came from Rechab to Jonadab. From Jonadab to his own children. Our father commanded us saying, you shall drink no wine. Neither ye nor your sons forever. Thus we have obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rahab, our father, in all that he had charged us to drink no wine. All our days, we, our wives, our sons, and our daughters. And look at God's response in verse 18. Jeremiah said unto the house of Rechabites, Thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, because you have obeyed the commandment of Jonadab your father and kept all his precepts and done according unto all that he hath commanded you. Therefore, thus hear the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab, the son of Rechab, shall not want a man to stand before me forever. If first Christ Nigeria is going to have a man to stand before God forever, we must hand over our taboos and hand it over properly to the next generation. This is the only reason why God blessed this family. Say because he was able to command his children and he passed it down generations and they held on to it. They called them, they said, come and drink. It's free. There's cup. There's, you don't need to look for glass. In fact, you don't need to open the wine. We have opened it for you. Come and drink. And he said, no. Our father told us that we must not drink wine. Not just also, our children, our wives, they continue to keep what their fathers told them. In other words, their fathers told them something. Beloved, I say where he starts from is having your children near you. If they are not near you, you can't tell them anything. Abby? If they are not available, who will you tell? Their father told them something because they were always with their father. I pray that in this journey, the Lord will help us to retain all our children. Because when I was doing church growth in the Bible school, they told me that one of the fastest means of church growth is biological growth. Abby? So why should our children be living? It's biological growth. Is the cheapest. Because if they grow inside it, look at example in the Bible. He said, our father told us. He told us. And they kept on to what he told them. And God in heaven was impressed. And God said, ah, because this man succeeded 
in passing it down to generations I will ensure that it doesn't lack a man that will stand before me forever first square Nigeria will stand forever I said first square Nigeria will stand forever in the mighty name of Jesus we will not just stand forever we shall increase in limbs and bounds in the mighty name of Jesus as the population of Nigeria is increasing we shall keep on increasing in limbs and bounds in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ as I round up this message give that's the bottom line give your time give your talent give your taboo hand it over properly our doctrines hand it over properly what we believe hand it over properly you can change the package don't change the content it's okay then you will be guiltless but if we don't do that god is going to hold us accountable it's part of stewardship he's going to hold us accountable this man did well he handed it over properly god in heaven was impressed he said what because of that you will not lack a man before me forever first god will not lack a man before god forever first god will learn it will, it will last forever in the name of the lord jesus in this nation first god will last forever in the mighty name of the lord jesus christ i want us to bow down our heads let's bow down our heads to pray you are there the first thing you can give god is your life is your life as you give god your life god himself will show up as you give your life he will show up in the name of jesus as you give God your life, God will show up. He will show up. Wherever you are listening to the sound of my voice, across the length and breadth of Nigeria, as you give God your life, it will show up. It will show up in the name of Jesus. Anywhere you are, you are saying, Lord, I want to hand over this life to you. Because whatever is handed over to you is secure, is safe. I want to hand over this wretched life to you so that you can make it better. I want to hand over this tiring life unto you so that you can give me new strength. I want to hand over this sinful life to you so that you can make me righteous. I want to hand over this life unto you. I want to hand it over to you. I want to hand it over to you. As we pray, you are there, you're saying, Lord Jesus, I'm handing over my life to you. You sacrifice your life for me. And here I am. I want to live, live the rest of my life for you. Anywhere you are, under the sound of my voice, across the length and breadth of this nation and beyond, just put your right hand on your chest. I want to pray for you very quickly. I pray for you very quickly. Just put your right hand on your chest and raise your left hand up. I want to pray for you. Anywhere you are, just indicate. Indicate. Lord, take this my life and let it be consecrated unto you. Take my moment and my days. I want to pray for you. 
Just indicate by raising your hand. I'd like to pray for you. Anywhere you are. In the aisle, in the auditorium, just raise your hand. Somebody will put something in your hand. Because I'm going to pray right now. Anywhere you are, all over the nation, there are people there who are going to put something in your hand as you raise that hand to indicate that you are tired of this wretched life. You want God to bless your life and give you a new life, brand new life of which you can be proud of. If any man is in Christ, is a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Across the length and breadth of our nation, let our pastors, our ushers take note of those who are raising their hands. Where possible, come before the altar. Because I'm going to pray right now. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for these souls that you have brought into your kingdom. Because say, with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Father, we commit them unto you. He said, no one can come to you unless you draw them near. It has pleased you to draw this one close to yourself. I ask today that you take your place in their heart in the name of Jesus. Forgive their sins in the mighty name of Jesus. Cause their names to be written in the Lamb's book of life in the mighty name of Jesus. Let all things pass away. And let all things become new in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for this new beginning that you are giving them. From a life of sinfulness, a life of frustration, a life of disappointment. You are giving them a brand new life of hope. I pray that on the last day, these ones will not be missing in the name of Jesus. You cause their names to be written in the Lamb's book of life. In the mighty name of Jesus. And this work that you have done in their lives, it shall be visible in the name of Jesus. It shall be permanent in the name of Jesus. You cleanse them with the precious blood of your only child, Jesus. And make them brand new sons and daughters of yours. Thank you because you have had our prayers. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. I'd like to pray for those who are sick in their bodies. You are sick. You are physically sick. Your business is sick. Your home is sick. Any form of sickness at all. The Bible says, any sick among you, let him pray. I want to pray for the sick. Your business is sick. Your body is sick. Across the length and breadth of wherever my voice is heard. The Bible says that strangers will hear my voice and they will fade away. I'd like to pray for the sick. You know you are sick in your body. I want you to rise up. Just put your hand where you're sick. Your business is sick. Instead of profit, you're making losses. That's sickness. Your home is sick. You live in the same house with your husband like co-tenants. That's sickness in your home. 
You are not in good times with your children. That sickness in your home, in your family. I like to pray for you. I like to pray for you and terminate the hand and the operations of the devil in that home. God bless you. I can see those who are rising up across the length and breadth of where this, the sound of my voice is heard. Just rise up on your feet. The Lord is prepared to heal you now. That same God who answered that our sister's prayer. He says since last year and God of performance acted on our behalf. That same God will heal you this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray for this once. We ask, Lord, that you, the maker of the heavens and the earth, you will stretch forth your hand and heal them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet in the name of Jesus. Every root of sickness and illness, every root of infirmities, the Bible says, whatsoever tree our heavenly Father has not planted shall be rooted out. I root them out in the name of Jesus. I root them out in the name of Jesus. I root them out in the name of Jesus. Jeremiah 3 verse says, I will send you health and cure. I ask that the God of heaven and I will send you health and cure in the name of Jesus. You are healed in the name of Jesus. You are healed in the name of Jesus. Your business is healed in the name of Jesus. Your home is healed in the name of Jesus. Your body is healed in the name of Jesus. He says, strangers will hear my voice and they will run out of their hidden places. Strangers will fade away. You strangers in that home, fade away in the name of Jesus. You strange woman, strange man in that home, fade away in the name of Jesus. You stranger in that business, fade away in the name of Jesus. You strangers in that career, fade away in the name of Jesus. You strangers in that life, in that body. The Bible says, whosoever shall defy the temple of God, God will destroy. I declare destruction over you, sicknesses and infirmities, trying to defy God's temple, which is these bodies. I pronounce destruction over you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because we've had our prayers. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Finally, 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 I have one more job to do. I have one more job to do. Um, I spoke about In all the 36 states of Nigeria, by the special grace of God, all the state capitals. I thought somebody would be excited about that. As I speak to you, we have bought a land in Elori, very conspicuous place. Very conspicuous place. The land is between three and five plots. So you can't miss it. When you enter the city, you will know that this first square must be present here. And that's what we want to do all over the country. Every state capital, 
we will put our church in the most conspicuous place where you can miss it. It will be an announcement that Foursquare is here. And not just that, we are going to build it and we are going to put everything that can attract the young and the young at heart. Not just the young, but also the young at heart. And for that purpose, I have this card in my hand. Pledge card for Grand Assembly Initiative. By the grace of God, many brethren have been subscribing to it. We started it during my sister's birthday. And many have been giving to it. And I want you to be part of it this morning. The cards are here with us. And they are going to take it around. Anything from 1 million, 2 million, 100,000, 50,000. There are people who have kept subscribing to it every month. And God has been faithful in blessing his people. I have tried it. I know God, our God blesses his people. He blesses, he said, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, praise down, shaking together and running over. He said, for with the measure, we don't always read that one. <laughs> with the measure with which you measure, with the same measure, it shall be measured back to you. So when you are giving, always take note of that. I'm going to pray for those who will be willing to be part of this initiative. Thank you very much. Just raise your hand, they'll give you a card. You can pay it over a period of time. In fact, they've indicated there how convenient you want to be in paying it. From what I have here, 200,000, 250,000, 500,000, a million, two million, three million, five million. Because we are partnering with our districts in those states, partnering with them on 50-50 basis. We're already in Ocean State also. We're in Ocean State also. We're partnering with them. Ocean State, they were able to get somebody to, to provide their own counterpart funding. I think that's what they call it. They call it counterpart funding, Abby. Uh -huh. Those who do that kind of business. Counterpart funding. They got somebody to... So if it's your state and you get somebody to provide the counterpart funding, who will come there. Who will come there and put it. But every state capital in Nigeria holds us a grand assembly in a conspicuous place. In a conspicuous place. That will announce that Foursquare has come. Just, just raise your hand. They will give you a card. They give you a card. I'll just do this in the next five minutes. Now disappear from here. I want us to, to rise up on our feet. And those who have the card, just raise it up because I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray over those cards. We owe this next generation, we owe them Okay. Okay. Those who are online, you can take a piece of paper. We also had some distributed to districts. So I'm sure some districts have some. So I'm sure they will also be distributing at the DC headquarters. So, but if you don't have, 
in your church branch. Just take a piece of paper and write basically your name, your church, and the amount you want to commit to this next generation assignment. It's costly, but we know that our God is the owner of silver and gold. I want to invite my daddy, Daddy Midoye, to please come and pray for the brother. Thank you, Daddy. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. We give you praise. We give you honor. We glorify you. And I want to thank you very much because our first general overseer, Alant, gave a message in this church and said, I will never cease to bring a project before this church so that you will always have opportunity as we've just been told today opportunity to sacrifice to give unto the lord and father in heaven i thank you because you have you have you have given our general overseer the vision for this ground assembly another project for us to pursue and lord god almighty very certainly if there is nothing that we are looking at and pursuing definitely we don't we we will not know when we get to where we should and i pray therefore this morning for as many as are deciding to be part of this project holy father please reach out to them. Amen. Heavenly Father, reach out to every one of them. You were the first to give us. You gave. You gave so that we can know how to give. My Father, my God, everyone that is holding a card right now and possibly lifting it up anywhere, Holy Ghost, in the name of Jesus, touch that person's life. In the making of decision of what to give. Lord, touch that person's life. In the name of Jesus. Lord God Almighty, because it has been spoken. That we're going to plant in every, every state of this country. I believe also in the federal capital territory. Lord God Almighty, I pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That which we have determined to do, let nothing stop it, O oh God. Let no money stop it, O oh God. Let funding not be the problem, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, as many as are giving, as many as are pledging, as many as are deciding, whether they are deciding because by faith they project into it, or they are deciding because they know they can do it, I pray, Lord, you 